Good morning and welcome to another Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It is good to be with you for day 32. We are starting a new month, February 1st. We are in Genesis chapter 21. If you're off schedule a little bit, don't worry about that. Just keep going and God will bless his word to you no matter when you are watching this. Genesis 21 is where we are today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the richness of your word. Thank you that you feed us each day in our souls through your word. Show us Christ. Help us to see more clearly how we can trust in you and follow you today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 21, the long-awaited promised birth of Isaac. It's been 25 years since Abraham and Sarah left with Lot to come into the land of Canaan, and they were given this promise. They were already old enough as it was at 75 and 65 years old, but now it's 25 years later and God has finally kept his promise, and Abraham is 100 and Sarah is 90. Let's read God's word together. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, And the Lord did to Sarah, as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son, who was born to him, whom Sarah bore, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she says, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. As the child grew and was weaned, and the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, laughing. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman and her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And I will make a nation of the slave woman also, because he, of the son of the slave woman also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bowshot. For she said, Let me not look upon the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up, lift up the boy, 
and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Now, therefore, swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my descendants or with my posterity, but as I have dealt kindly with you, so you will deal with me and with the land where you have sojourned. And Abraham said, I will swear. When Abraham reproved Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized, Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, and I did not hear of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two made a covenant. Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock apart. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs that you have set apart? He said, These seven ewe lambs you will take from my hand, that this may be a witness for me that I dug this well. Therefore that place was called Beersheba, because there both of them swore an oath. So they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, rose up and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned many days in the land of the Philistines. That's Genesis 21 uh, in the ESV, the English Standard Version. So Isaac is finally born. And there's an interesting play on the word laughter here. Of course, we remember that Abraham was the first one to laugh when God had promised Isaac's birth in Genesis 17. And then Sarah had laughed when God came and visited them at their tent and said, I will return to you in one year's time. And when I return, Sarah will have a son. And she laughed. Now it is the time exactly when God had said. It's the time of which God had spoken. It's been a year and she has the child by then. Some time goes by and Isaac is weaned. He's grown up and he's weaned. And Ishmael, the son of Hagar the Egyptian, is laughing at Sarah and at Isaac. Now, this laughter is different. You see, Sarah says, God made laughter for me. Everyone who heals, hears will laugh over me. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? This kind of laughter is the laughter of surprise, the laughter of joyful wonder, the laughter of, wow, look at what God has done. But the laughter of Ishmael is the laughter of malice. It's a laughter of an intent to oppose his younger brother, um, mocking him. I mean, he's just a little toddler. And Ishmael, by this time, is probably 15 years old. So Ishmael is kind of mocking, scoffing. He's not going to be threatened by Isaac. And so it is, it is a malicious kind of laughter 
uh, as is evidenced by Sarah's reaction. Sarah goes to Abraham and says, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. Now, given the history between Sarah and Hagar and Ishmael, we might be tempted at this point to say, well, Sarah is way out of line. She, she's the one who gave Hagar, her handmaiden, to Abraham so that he could have Ishmael. And then she was abusive in her conduct toward Hagar. And then God saw, you know, uh, God was the, the God who saw Hagar and sent Hagar back to Sarah. And now Sarah's wanting to kick them out again. But in this case, can't necessarily speak to the previous case, but in this case, Sarah is right. What she's saying is true. And we know that with a double confirmation. First of all, God says here, be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for through Isaac your offspring shall be named. So God says to Abraham, Sarah is correct. You need to kick out Ishmael because he's not going to be your heir. And it really would be wrong, inappropriate, potentially dangerous to keep him around as a 12 or 13 years older brother who's not going to be the heir. Uh, and so it is right to send her away. And when Abraham sends her away, God takes care of her. That's the first confirmation. The second confirmation, we actually jump over to the New Testament, to Galatians chapter 4, and Paul picks up on Sarah and Hagar and uses them as a representation of salvation by works, by human effort, Hagar, and salvation by grace through faith, according to the promise, which is Sarah. This is what we read in Galatians 4, starting in verse 21. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. Now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted he who was born according to the Spirit, so also it is now. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. So here in Galatians 4, we have two things from Genesis 21 confirmed. One was what I said about the nature of Ishmael's laughter, that it was malicious laughter. And here Paul says, the son who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. So Ishmael was not just joyfully laughing, oh, how wonderful I have a younger brother. He was maliciously planning harm uh, of some sort against Isaac. 
Paul uses the term persecuted. And then the second thing is that Sarah's words are quoted here as the words of Scripture. They're not just what Sarah said. What does Sarah say? It's what does Scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman will not inherit with the son of the free woman. And the point here from, from Galatians that we need to pick up and see as being applicable when we jump back to Genesis 21 is that what we're supposed to learn from this passage is that the way of salvation is found not in living according to the flesh, but living according to the promise. We cannot live according to relying on ourselves, our own effort, our own righteousness, our own obedience, our own flesh. We have to rely by faith on God's promise, on God's goodness, and God will keep his promise. The opening of this chapter is very important. God did exactly as he said. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. She may have been 90. It may have been 25 years of waiting, but God kept his promise. And that's what we need to remember. God always keeps his promise, and our salvation is found by trusting his promise and not by trusting in our flesh. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word, which is perfect and wonderful. We thank you for giving it to us, and we ask that you would write it on our hearts and draw us closer to Christ through it. May we trust in the, the Son of the promise, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and through him find salvation, not because of what we do, but because of what he has done and what we are trusting in him for. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Well, we're going to be on to day 33 tomorrow, and that'll continue in Genesis. Genesis 22, one of the most important passages in all of Genesis. So be sure to join us tomorrow as we continue walking through the Word with Jesus one chapter at a time. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.